This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. So far, I made it through the first hour, but I do think I'm going to get off the show maybe around 10 just because not feeling great and just need need rest and a lot of different type of uh, cough drops and things like that. But let's go to Jet. Hey, Jet, how are you? Dr. John, glad to hear that things have at least settled down a little bit in Clayton. Oh. But uh, well, I certainly missed talking to you last week, and I'm glad I get a chance to briefly talk to you here today. Don't ever feel bad about having to take care of yourself or things at home. Believe me, there'll be other Saturdays, but, uh, you know, there'll never be another uh, situation at home. So yeah, um, just take care of yourself and Mrs. C, and I'm glad to hear she's back home and uh, things have kind of sorted out a little bit there. Yeah, so, and again, it was it was a, probably one of the toughest weekends, uh, you know, weeks, I guess you could say, I've ever had. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm certainly familiar with that, and uh, don't ever feel bad about it, John. We'll be here for you whenever you come back. Oh, I appreciate don't, that. So don't, don't ever sweat that. Not that I don't enjoy talking to you. However, uh-huh. I got to talk about the Jets. I'm not so sure I'm happy about that right now. But what? Uh, why is this defense so bad at this point? I mean, it's not just they're bad; they're historically bad, and they simply j- just can't do the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. I, 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 you know, I watch them week after week. You know, I, I, I dissect each play as we go along as best as I can. And I just can't figure out. I mean, it's just consistent. They just can't figure it out. And, and you know, yeah, okay, they're a little weak on the personnel, perhaps especially in the back half. But, uh, you know, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's, it's more than that. And I, I just can't figure out. But it's, it's, it's as C.J. Mosley said, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think it's talent. They don't have enough talent. I mean, you know, you know, we've we've talked about the cornerback position uh, that hasn't been good. You know, the linebackers haven't been that good. Uh, I think the defensive line's just been underachieving. Yes, I, I will say. Okay, no, because the defensive line was supposed to be the strength of this defense. Yeah. Okay, and and you have guys that have played well in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it really starts. The problem really starts up front, for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, and I don't know if it's schematic and you just don't have the right guys in the right scheme or what, but uh, these guys just are not picking off the linemen. I understand that they're getting double teamed. Okay, and that's what the Colts do. That's what yeah. uh, you know the Eagles do. Okay, that, that's that's their game plan. Okay, fine. And they've got some great offensive linemen, and they run the ball on everybody. And the Colts, I, I get that. Okay. But, you know, everybody's gashing them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I just wonder... You know, is it, it, it these guys aren't following the scheme if they're not designed for the scheme? But I think it really, I think it's a nail on the head. The, the up front, they're just underachieving. Right now, yes, in the in the backfield, look, you lost your two safeties. You know, don't forget they lost Lamarcus Joyner in the uh, in the preseason, right. so he never even took the field. Uh-huh. All right, and then Marcus May went down about five weeks ago. All right, and I'm watching Ashton Davis for the second year in a row. He's got to learn that you need to use your arms to tackle people. Right. You know, on, on one of those touchdowns by Dallas Goddard last week that Mosley got beat on, he comes over 
and he had a chance to, to make the tackle about the you know, five, seven-yard line. Uh-huh. And what's he do? He throws his shoulder at a thigh. Okay, well, Ashton, you have two arms. You have to wrap them up as well. Do you really think you're still in Berkeley and you're just going to knock an NFL tight end down by hitting him in the thigh with your shoulder? Mm-hmm. You know, he weighs 50 pounds more than you. I mean, seriously. It's, uh, it, it, and then you're watching these kids. They're falling down. They're, you know, they're running these, these simple rub routes. Uh-huh. And these guys are getting picked off, you know, uh, and they're wide open. I, I you know, I, 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 there's a breakdown, and I think it's more than just talent, John. Yeah, I really think it's more than just talent because if it was talent, they'd be bad. Okay. Yeah. But they're historically bad, and they're consistently bad. And you know, you keep banging your head against the wall. Uh, it's not going to help things. You got to stop figuring out how to bang your stop banging your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. And, and they just don't seem to be able to do that. And I think there's a problem upstairs. Um, yes, there's a problem on the field, okay? Yeah. But there's more than that. They're just too bad for that. It's Yes, it's a talent issue, but it's more than that, I, I, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I, I, I still think it's so much talent, but you're right. I mean, I don't know. Maybe <clears throat> certainly you like Robert Sala, but maybe the defensive coordinator's out of sync. That could be. Out of sync and out of sync with the talent. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not seeing a justice way. Now, I understand, you know, that they've got their system. They want to play their system. Okay, uh-huh. fine. But at some point, you know, you know, the key to good coaching is to adjust your system to the talent that you have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and how many times have we seen people, you know, coaches that are just so, so hell-bent on, well, this is my system. I'm a genius. It's going to work. Uh-huh. You know, but if you don't have the people to play it, you know, you've got to make the adjustments. Otherwise... You're going to be historically bad, and I think that's what we're seeing here. I, it, you know, I give Lafleur credit; he's really um, that that offense is is starting to gel, right? Um, and it's it's uh, <clears throat> of course they've also well, honestly, they spent a ton of draft capital um, and resources on the offense, and they've mm-hmm. really kind of left the defense to rot, or the injuries have just whiffled the defense, right? But. Um, uh, you know, uh, I think there are some good things that we're seeing here, and um, I like I like having Duvernay at uh, at guard. He mm-hmm. definitely picked up the play there. But um, Becton, again, Sella's not saying anything. It's been eleven weeks, and we're still not seeing Be- you know, hide or hair of Becton. We have no information on him. Do you have any insight as to where None. he is or where he- None. Yeah, they've been as tight lipped as tight lipped can be, and I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, because again, it's been the long injury, and again, I mean, so much was expected of him at left tackle. Well, yeah, I mean, this was the year for him and uh, Vera mm-hmm. Tucker to, 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 to gel together and build that monster left side of the line. Although Vera Tucker's been amazing, um, yeah. th- this kid is really everything <clears throat> he's uh, built to be. And uh, I know they had to move up a little bit to get him, but man, that was draft capital well spent. Yeah, agreed. Um, but what do you think about? I was watching Bart Scott on the pregame show on SNY, and he he, he proffered a theory that uh, moving Beckton to right tackle because Fant actually has been playing quite well. He has really taken to this system, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Moses has played pretty well too. But the tackles have been doing pretty well. But uh, uh, Bart Scott was suggesting moving Beckton to uh, uh, to right tackle. And uh, turn him into like a road grader, a la, you know, like Damian Woody, for example, right? Or Lane Johnson, or somebody, and just run to the right. 
And then uh, they do, they, but they do need to draft a center this year because McGovern, I think, has one more year on his contract. Uh, yeah, and they've got to they've got to groom somebody for the following year. So, um, but you get your, you draft yourself a good solid center, and uh, you got yourself a, a real nice offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt. So, but um, um, but again, I mean, it's just not a good team. That's the thing that's tough. Well, it, there's. There's there's holes. Yeah. Um, I think well, I think we are slowly seeing the development of a team. Mm-hmm. But there are still an awful lot of holes that still need to be filled. And we knew that there was going to be a problem. And we knew that they had an awful lot of preseason injuries on defense. And we knew the defense was going to be suspect going in. But I didn't think it'd be this bad. Um, and you're just not seeing any progress on defense. Right. Um, and if you take C.J. Morgan <clears throat> out of that defense, they are sunk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Agreed. I mean, I, and I really hope he gets some Pro Bowl uh, uh, recognition because he's had himself a whale of a season trying to clean up one heck of a Yeah, it's going to be tough because, again, I mean, yeah, if you're a team with a record that like they're going to have, it's hard, to, despite the great play, to make the Pro Bowl. Yeah, no, I understand that. But uh, he certainly should be in yeah. contention because he has really gone above and beyond the call of duty on this team. And they've got the draft capital. So. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they should be able to pick up some decent players with, uh, uh, especially if, uh, the Panthers keep sinking. Right. Um, that, that's, that's a nice, that's a nice, uh, get for the second round. And of course, we'll see what the, uh, although they have a cupcake schedule, we'll see what the Seahawks end up with, but they'll probably end up with about seven wins, I would guess. Yeah, I would think so. But, but um, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, still thank Jamal every, every, every week. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, we're, we're awful sorry to see what happened to him at the end of this year, too. So Yeah, it's two years um, in a row, and now it's at two shoulder surgeries uh, in a year. Yeah. That's not good. No, especially he's not that old. No, no. He's, he's what, 25? About that, yeah. Six? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he's not that old, and if you've got those problems already, uh, those are tough for defensive mm-hmm. backs because you've got a lot of high-impact collisions, and uh, those things don't get better. So. Hey, hey, well, Jet, well, thank you for the phone call. All right, John. Well, feel better and uh, take care of Mrs. C. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, we'll be here whenever you come back. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Take care. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. <laughs> Let's go to Rick in North Forks, in Arkansas. Hey, Rick. Hey, John. Hey, uh, I've been praying for you and Pat. Oh, and I'm sure that. there's thousands of us that are doing the same thing. Um, I stick to a, a real strong lemon routine where mm-hmm. I eat. I won't go into it, but the vitamin C and, and fluids, so... Yeah, I I appreciate you soldiering on for all us fans. Um, you know, I'm a closet Seahawks fan, being a Bears fan. I think you remember that conversation. Yeah, agreed. And you're mostly right. Their offensive line's terrible. If I remember Holmgren, he said he made a mistake drafting offensive linemen, expecting them to work out right away. When he found out that he's better <laughs> off doing that, if you need a, like immediate fix, you mm-hmm. do that with your defensive linemen. Except Pete and John haven't had a lot of luck or injuries or whatever with their choices in the last five years on defensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, 
you painted yourself in a corner, Pete and John, and you know it. And it, and you tried to, you know, last year it seemed like it was an all-or-nothing thing with Jamal Adams, and unfortunately that didn't work out. And I like his play. Yeah. I'm not crazy about the defensive scheme. I wish Sala was our defensive coordinator. But mm-hmm. anyhow, um, this is my crazy proposal, and okay, I know I get every all the Seahawks fans mad, but since uh, the only thing I've got is a Michael Bennett jersey, mm-hmm. um Trade DK Metcalf. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Here's why. You won't be able to get a quarterback like Russ. You won't be able to get many wide receivers like DK. But you don't have any draft capital. You painted yourself in the corner. you got to do something. You know, but, uh, no one's going to touch Adams, Wilson, Bobby Wagner's contracts and right. stuff. And they're, they're the core of your team. And to get a Bobby Wagner that's still playing well after all these years, uh, half a step slower, but still with the same kind of, you know, he, he everything that goes by him, he just about tackles until maybe late in the game and they can barely stand up. Mm-hmm. But you need draft capital, and you've got the Giants there with two first-round draft picks, and that's the one I'm looking at. I'm not figuring we can't deal with the Jets. I'm putting myself in John's thing. And as much as I'd hate to get rid of Metcalf, I need draft capital. And I with two first-round picks. You're like, not going to get two first-round picks for uh, DK Metcalf. That's not Then happening. I wouldn't trade him. Yeah, then could yeah, be, I know yeah. it's that's it's that that's how bad you've painted yourself in the corner. Mm-hmm. You don't think you don't think that someone covets someone that could be the next Megatron with the right offense. You can, you can get a first rounder and another draft voice, but you're not getting two first rounders. Yeah, well, I was actually looking for two firsts and a well, third. Yeah, you're, so well, I don't you're know not, how realistic it is, but it's un, but What it's, else it's, do you have as far is, as getting it, a it first is round? Total, type it is of totally draft unrealistic. You're yeah, not going to get well, it. That's un. That's unfortunate because there's not much they can do. And with their past history of their free agent acquisitions, like Hyder, Mayoa, and stuff, they're mm-hmm. underperforming their historic numbers. You know, if you could count on Dunlap and all those guys to get the same thing that they did last year, you know, you'd look fine defensively, and you wouldn't be on the field as much. Mm-hmm. And they just can't. They just can't. Somehow in their defensive scheme, they can't scheme third down. Yeah. And they get in a good position a lot of times, up to third down. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be like third and 11, and, you know. Yeah, but the problem hasn't been on defense of late. It's been on the offense. Oh, no. I I agree with that, but the reason why I like the Seahawks in the first place is they're like the 85 Bears. They were just right. a very aggressive defense. Uh-huh. You know, that quarterback didn't have three seconds to get the ball out of his hands, which makes your cornerbacks better. You mm-hmm. can... You know, you can play up on them, and well, anyhow, I'll throw the timing off, and and it'll give it'll, it'll give Russ more opportunities. Right. To, even though he looked good, that's all he looked. He looked good. He didn't look he didn't look like he was back, and it certainly wasn't one of his best games. But it was it was much better than the average that you know that you see out there every Sunday or mm-hmm. every time you turn on a game. So, yeah, I mean, 30 of 37 was pretty that, good. But... <laughs> 30 of 37 for 231 yards is a, is a good come bounce back. Yeah, I just thought I, if I was a good enough salesman, I could sell the Giants on that they'd get the next Megatron, and they've had Odell Beckham Jr., and this is Odell Beckham Jr. without the problems. But mm-hmm. I've seen enough, I'll have to, say, I have to say, boneheaded things from DK that, that I could afford to, to cut him loose. I thought he cost him at least one game this year. And you can't hurt the team, and he keeps doing it. Well, he's, he, has to, he has in the last couple of weeks. 
I mean, he's been yeah. pretty good, no taunting and stuff like that. Yeah, well, he'd be on notice. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't be against trading him if he gave me a problem. Yeah. He's still one of your but best. I'd have to get something like that. that uh, well, you're, so you're, you're right. Not, if I, I was thinking I could get like two first rounds or at least un, un, unrealistic. That doesn't that doesn't happen in a National Football League. Yeah, Isn't, I know. It's all it's a quarterback driven league. Yeah. Well, you can't trade one of the best four quarterbacks in the league. So, like no. I said, you're you're stuck. You're in a, in a corner. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have, they have free agency. Well, if my job depended on it, if I was John Schneider, mm-hmm. you know, because we never haven't heard anything from Jody, but but and and I I really and how, like how do you think Russ will take this. to losing DK Metcalf? Not well. Yeah, but he's still a Seattle quarterback. I mean, yeah. I don't see him going anywhere. I I don't believe all the stuff that I I hear from the the national media. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yes, it is. You know, and it's it's just that they don't want him there. They want him. Uh-huh. And it's sort of like, like I said, I'm a Bears fan. I'm, Russell Wilson and three first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. I'd have to take a hard swallow because I'd be like Ditka back in New Orleans, and I'd say, no, uh, I, I I can't afford that much draft capital for one of the best quarterbacks who could run the show. Maybe yeah. the, the a third year Russell Wilson. I might think about it. But. Mm-hmm. But no, that's that's not happening on DK. Yeah. Well, I don't know what they're going to do because other than that, they don't really have any superstars that mm-hmm. you know with a good contract, right? He's right. still on his rookie contract. Yeah. Well, well, we'll see. Hey, thank you for the phone call. All right. All right. Eight six eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. We're going to get off at ten o'clock because I'm still fighting this cold. Our weekly dose of the Gras coming up next with Dave Grosby. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. It is time for our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. A little bit of earlier because <coughs> not feeling well. <coughs> Probably I didn't know if I could make it through three hours. I'm going to make it through two, so I'm going to get off the air at 10. And so, David... Uh, yeah, I've been fighting this cold now, but uh, turns out Irish Mankey has the same thing. <laughs> that's going to make people talk, John. That's going to make people talk. You shouldn't say stuff like that. I know, but and, that's what... And I hope it's just a cold, buddy. Yeah, it is. That's all it is. I mean, it's well, like... Well, yourself, don't get yourself checked out. Mm-hmm, yeah, so it's like, uh, yeah, just trying to take it as easy as I can, just yeah, staying in bed, uh, eating a lot of... Ah, uh, getting old as hell, isn't it, John? <laughs> yeah, it is. I got you know I, I got I got some news of my own. I got I'm gonna have to have a knee replacement. Oh, you're kidding? No. Why? Um. Well, my knee is messed up. Uh huh. I haven't actually been able to basically get out of my house in three months. I can't walk. I'm using a walker for crying out loud. A bright red one, but and I call it the Mach Five, but yeah, but still using a so, walker. So when, when, fi- when when's your surgery? Well, I I didn't find out till yesterday that, <laughs> that was actually the problem. They had a tough time diagnosing it so i, I mm-hmm. see the see the surgeon in a month and they set the date and then you know it happens okay i become bionic <laughs> wow is it going to be a bad one or i don't see uh, there are ever good ones although i mean the result is good mm-hmm. it's just it's just a, a painful process but i mean it hurt I, i'm telling you i'm hurting so bad <coughs> anyway john that it was great news to find it out <laughs> for me actually yeah just like uh, when you find out that your cough is nothing it would be great news for you yeah to find yeah that out. well Cough is just a cough. That's all it is. 
Well, I'm surprised that you you you're probably just, your throat wasn't sore and you're not upset at yelling at people about Russell Wilson being traded. Yeah, but how about Russell helping out on Thursday, saying that he wants to stay with the team through his contract and beyond that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you're looking for other answers, people, and and why you would want other answers. I mean, this, you know, and I read what you wrote on the web page yesterday, and it was just it was it was putting it exactly right. I mean. Why would you want to set yourself back to a point where you're, you're, you're looking and searching for your franchise quarterback when it is so difficult to find one, when you actually have one in the middle of his prime and uh, one who wants to stay, who wants to play here, plus one who never gets in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't, doesn't cause any off-the-field problems of, of, of any kind. Uh, and when he's when he's feeling well, like he was last week, <laughs> is one of the elite quarterbacks in the game. Yeah, and of course, I mean, and that's the thing, I mean, People will not let this story go nationwide. I don't. I don't get it. Um, I guess you're just desperate for clicks or hits or something like that. Now, you know, if you're looking at a story, you might want to wonder a little bit more about his supporting cast, and I'm including mm-hmm. the front office in that, because the most powerful man in any organization, when he becomes a, a super franchise quarterback, <laughs> is that super franchise quarterback. Right. And that. And this is not the Patriots. You don't have a Bill Belichick autocrat running things. So um, I think it'll be more interesting to see what happens as this year plays out uh, with uh, with Pete Carroll and with the other guys. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. That's but, a, that's a story. I mean, that, there's there's some there's some there's a possibility <laughs> there. But once you've got Russell Wilson saying, you know, as clearly as he can for the record that that he wants to stay, uh, you know, bask in it. You've got a you got a franchise quarterback. Worry about other things on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And so and again, you can understand the way this season is gone when you take away your franchise quarterback for, you know, six games total, three where he missed it, three where he didn't play like Russell Wilson. I mean, you can see why the team has dropped. That's a big part of it. But, I mean, you know, in in fairness to everyone else looking at it, you can also uh, wonder if, in fact, he's he's really connected with their, their new play caller, if he's really done the job there, if if, if they've done a good job of, a, you know, in the last couple of years of putting talent around him. So there are other questions you can ask as well uh, about that situation. But, um, look, I think at, at the end of the day, uh, don't don't try and create a problem where there isn't one. Right. And don't don't find yourself needing to find a franchise quarterback. Boy, that is that is just shooting yourself in the head in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But, again, all around the country, everybody keeps – and they've been doing this now since February. Like I've said, in 50 years of covering the league – it is the most overdone story I have ever seen and heard. It's awful. For him, there's no point in talking about it anymore. Yeah. You know, you, you said what you've got to say. You made your statement. You want to stay. You're not going anywhere. There's really no point in um, in, in talking about it anymore if, if, if reporters ask you about it anymore. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't wouldn't be a shock to me if he just stopped talking about it because yeah. uh, the, the, from his standpoint, he's done all he can do. Thoughts on the Jamal Adams uh, surgery on his second shoulder surgery? Yeah, you know, that's another one, John. I mean, uh, and and this is just maybe in, in the spirit of, of this lousy year, but all of a sudden people are ranking this as the worst trade in Seahawks history? Yeah. I mean, aren't we pulling the trigger a little bit soon on that? Yeah. Look, I mean, right right now it doesn't feel good, obviously. I mean, his, his second year was nothing like his first year, and this is one of those questions that I'd wonder about in terms of, of philosophy and things like that, not having him do perhaps what he's best at. But um, he's going to come back from this, and he, you've still got him for three or four years under contract. There's no reason why he can't uh, regain his status as an elite uh, elite mm-hmm. safety in this league. So, boy, to just punch the ticket on that one when the guy is, what, 25 years old is, yeah. is crazy to me. I, I'm just amazed how negative 
the fans because I, I think obviously they're spoiled. Well, definitely. I mean, you know, this is this is a, this is a place you've been winning for for nine years. Mm-hmm. I mean, nine straight years you, you've been you've been a dominant franchise, and and this is the first losing season, and it's time to break it all up. I mean, it's uh, it, it's. It's as though you, you don't learn the lessons of the past. I mean, I, I, I use the phrase, John, and it, it, it doesn't always apply, but yeah. it usually applies. Don't get tired of winning. Don't get tired of winning, uh, you know, because uh, if you do, you make dra- dramatic changes, the winning can go away. And, um, and we've seen it. We've seen it in this town. You know, we saw it when, when Lou Pinello was, was shown the door, and, and, and the Mariners really haven't won since. Back in the day, we showed it when the Sonics, you know, showed George Carl the door, and, mm-hmm. and they struggled to, to, to get back to where, to where they were. I mean, you just, you know, you've got a you've got a situation here where you're having an off year. There's no question about that. You're a year removed from a 12-win division-winning season, um, and you've been you've been winning since. Now you're you're stumbling a little in the playoffs, and and I agree that the bar for the Seahawks can't be set higher than it is for other teams because because of the fact that they've had so much success. So you really need to have at least one win in the postseason to consider it a successful season. That's where the Seahawks are right now. You know, if, if we had gone back in time and told our, our 90s counterparts this stuff, we, we'd, we'd be we'd look at you like you're crazy. I mean, yeah. you know, it, so it, it's you've got something that's winning. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens at the end of the year. But um, it seems to me like in general, the Jamal Adams thing, John, much like everything else, is a – is a dramatic overreaction to, to what's mm-hmm. happening in a single season. No, no, no doubt about it. And again, it's because you know, he is a good player. I mean, what three-time Pro Bowler went to the Pro Bowl last year. He can make plays and do all these different things. But you know, everybody is, you know now seems to be worried about draft capital, draft capital. But it's like, no, you just need players. Right, right. Oh, the way everyone obsesses about the first round, mm-hmm. which which is uh, you know just another draft pick. I mean, you, you pay a little bit more for it. But it's just another draft pick, and if you get Richard Sherman in the fifth round as opposed to the first round, you know, good for you, bully for you. Same thing if you get Russell Wilson in the third round and he's a first-round talent, good news. So, you know, I think there there, there are fair questions that can be asked about the talent uh, process the past couple of years, and has it slipped a little bit because it's showing it on the field this year, but... And I think those questions will be asked. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if, in fact, there's going to be, you know, we haven't heard much from, from ownership uh, since since Paul Allen's passed. Maybe we will this offseason um, if they continue to struggle. But um, they've also got, uh, as you pointed out in the piece you wrote, um, Russell Wilson is now healthy. Mm-hmm. He looked a lot like Russell Wilson has looked in, in previous uh, parts of his career last week. And if he looks that way, they're likely to have a pretty good finish as opposed to a terrible finish. Right, exactly. And, of course, tomorrow should be an easy game again. Houston because Houston's so bad yeah that's the one that worries me because of that exact reason I mean you know but and and as we all know that any uh, Houston beat didn't they beat Tennessee mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah although it, you know a team that that beat that beat Seattle so every, everyone's capable in the league but no your point is well taken with with Russell Wilson back and and uh you know hopefully still motivated uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how they do against Houston. I think they're going to struggle, John, just because I think the team is in a difficult spot right now. But mm-hmm. um, they're definitely better than te- the Texans and should win the ball game. Yeah, no sure. doubt about it. On the college front, what's your thoughts on what happened at Oregon with the Oregon coach heading out to Miami? You know, they they make a they hire the Georgia defensive coordinator. I mean, that that's stunning. I agree. I, I thought, I, I, you know, it happened fast in terms of in terms of the hiring. Uh, the whole thing happened fast. You know, mm-hmm. he, it's what happens when 
when you, you step out of your comfort zone and you hire a guy from Miami and uh, Chris the Ball did a, did a nice job for him, but but um, you know was going to go back to his alma mater if it happened, and and um, you know I think it's a, a very interesting choice by by the Ducks because uh, I, I really really did think that they were going to go back to the Chip Kelly way of doing things, and, and if they couldn't get him, get someone like him, or you know remain in the pond fishing for a much bigger name than they did. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, instead, they get a guy uh, who, who's recruiting in an area where, where they're, I mean, Oregon recruits nationally. They get talent everywhere. So, you know, maybe this gives them some insight into getting some talent in that part of the country now. Yeah, no doubt. But I thought it was just surprising and because, again, just came out of the blue. But, of course, I guess maybe people started figuring it out. But, you know, one thing about uh, Cristobal is that uh, he's a very good recruiter. I don't know how good of a coach he is, but he's a very good recruiter. And they lose that ability to have that recruit. Right, but uh, they're they're getting a guy who, by definition, is probably mm-hmm. a good recruiter too, John. So I mean, and that, you know, Oregon has still got what they've got uh, to the show for it, and and um, they've still got the most beautiful, you know, facilities uh, yeah. that anyone's got is as nice as the Huskies have, have, have stepped up and done. So, you know, they'll have a shot to be good. That's for sure. I just it just surprises me they're not going back to that offensive way of playing that that uh, their fan base seemed to like so much. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, kind of interesting that Washington State's going back. Uh, to uh, you know the the spread, Deaker, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, but they're going back to the old offense with Mike Leach. It's <laughs> it's going to be fun. I mean, yeah. it's it's uh, you know it, it, that Mike Leach's offense is stolen from Hal Mummy at Kentucky, the, the original air raid, and and uh, you know they, they they strayed from it a little bit with the run and shoot, but still kept a lot of the principles yeah. in it. And and it, it it it's a smart move. I mean, it helps you get. Tremendous, you know. Th- think about the the quarterbacks that Mike Leach was getting there mm-hmm. through the transfer portal, and and I mean that's that that keeps that door open for that. So I think that it was a popular offense with the with the fans and the players, and I think it's a smart decision to do it. Yeah, and of course, I mean it is the air raid, so it should be kind of fun and you know a lot of passing yards and stuff like that. So Although that the thing be... is, the air raid never did beat the Huskies, did it? No, but never did. No. <laughs> but they at least Washington State did this year. Thought, what, yeah, what's, they, your, what's your thoughts on Washington and how they're putting their staff together? Um, I thought that it look, look you know, I, I think we talked about it. We had a chance to talk about it a couple yeah. weeks ago, before right before he was hired, that, that you know, what made sense to me was to look for a guy who could recruit effectively in California. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that's what they've gotten. I mean, the, the, Kalen DeBoer was winning at Fresno State. Uh, has been recruiting in, the, in that part of the country. If you're Washington, that's where you want to hit it. And, and he's an offensive-minded coach, so, I mean, you, you've got that going. So uh, that's been something that, that was really, really lacking this year. Uh, perhaps, although it doesn't look like now, his, his quarterback, uh, Josh Hainer, who, who was at Washington and transferred to play for him, may come back here, may, may not, we'll see. But uh, you got a coach who's going to bring in a big-time offensive program and has been coaching in California, so that's where you want to be recruiting. I thought, from the Husky standpoint, it was maybe not the sexiest choice, but it was a solid choice. And then finally, your thought on the Kraken and the way that's, this season is going. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not as uh, pessimistic as others are because I, I, I see in the Kraken a, a playoff team. I mean, they're, yeah. not, they're not playing consistently that way yet. Uh, you know, they, they sure looked really good, you know, that, that stretch two weeks ago, and, and they, they showed they could knock off the very best. They're, they're not consistent yet. Uh, they're still experimenting with lines, and I know it's driving Mike Salt crazy. Dave Haxtell is experimenting with, with, with lines, you know, an awful lot. But to me, that's, that's kind of what you do 
when you're figuring things out with a brand new team and you hope to have it squared away with the with the last 20 games of the season you know upon you and, and then you, you just kind of go forward there we'll see if that's the case here but you know I've seen individually uh, you know just the, the stuff that I you know you, you've seen the goalie get hot you've seen the offense connect and, and 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 look really good at times they're not consistent yet but that's something that I think can happen to an expansion team as, as the year goes on so mm-hmm. I remain a little more optimistic than, than some that they're, they're going to be fine this year okay so what's on the agenda for the Graz this weekend just walking around my walker John and not getting myself hurt that's a good move. Yeah. Well, I hope you take good care of your knee. Sorry to take hear good care of your throat, buddy. Okay, I'll do that. And, of course, that's our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. Talk to you next week. Sounds good, John. Okay. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Going to get out an hour early because, again, just trying to you know make sure the voice is going to be okay. Uh, made it through almost two hours here. Let's go to Risco in Washington. Hey, Risco. Hey, John. Hey. How have you been? Uh, sick. Not good. I mean, you know, fight, uh, fighting the cold. Um. Well, I hope you get better soon. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. Um, here are my questions. Yeah. Who's the best third baseman for the Seattle Mariners right now in free agency? That I don't like know because I haven't really studied the uh, the free agent market. I mean, you know, they can take the second baseman from last year and move him over to third. But uh, at the moment, I mean, there's no signings or anything like that because of the fact that you got a lockout. Yeah, because um, from my sources, yeah, um, Carlos Correa, mm-hmm. he's been linked to the Mariners and some rumors. Okay, so they might put him at third base. No, that'd be that'd be a great addition, no doubt about it. Take him away from one of the division teams. That would that would that would be huge. Yeah, and I have one last question. Hmm. Well, what mistake do the Mariners not need to make in order for them to um, have a good free agency? Well, I, I guess the key is to make sure that their second uh, pitcher that they sign, you know, they got a Cy Young Award winner and they probably need another starter, that they m- make the right choice on that, uh, making sure that they're okay with the bullpen and uh, probably still need to add one more hitter to either first base or as a DH. So, uh, you know, that's they, they need to make those things right. Hey, Risco, thank you for the phone call. And um, I'm your number one fan, John. Thank oh. you for putting me on the air. Hey, thank you. Let's go. Let's wrap it up with Dan in Queen Anne. Hey, Dan. Hey, John. Hey. A great, great show. You're pulling a Michael Jordan on us. Oh, Sick thank you. can be and still knocking it out. I oh, appreciate that. Um, and, and glad that you're going to take care of yourself and, and take care of Pat. So, um, that's huge. Uh, so tell the truth Monday. Mm -hmm. I think that that's been something that I've missed, um, a a key component on as I've gone through the 10 plus Pete Carroll years and some of the former players that walked away not happy kind of talked about that he didn't hold Russ accountable the way he did the rest of the team. And whether that's true or not, it feels like he doesn't hold himself accountable that way. Here's Uh my take on it. Um, 
the NFL has changed in the last 10 years, no question about Agreed. it. And a lot, lot of things have changed, including offensive and defensive coordinators making changes in their strategies, you know, series to series, sometimes play to play. Mm-hmm. And Pete has kind of stuck with his, especially on defense, we're going to put our defense out there, and we think that this defense will be able to handle whatever you throw at us. And obviously, defensive coordinate, offensive coordinators have gotten good at going, yeah, we know what you're going to do, and we're going to play to your weaknesses, whatever they might be, depending on the players. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems with that has been um, their offensive line, that, that whole general strategy. Right. Um, they have good enough players. They do. Mm-hmm. Think of all of the teams that are fielding offensive lines that may have one Pro Bowl player or a couple of Pro Bowl players or an all-pro player, but the rest of the guys are people we've never heard of, mm-hmm. right? And right. they're doing a good job. That's scheme. That's not talent. That's scheme. And and teaching somebody skill and getting them to go out and execute. Right. And Pete hasn't been able to do that since he got here. He's had some lines that were okay to good, but never very good to great. Never. And I, I look at um, Belichick, mm-hmm. and the guy just keeps putting offensive lines out there that do the job. And it's bizarre because sometimes none of them are name players. Uh-huh. And, and, and I feel like Pete has not owed up to his whole philosophy of, I'm going to tell the truth on myself, and that's what my players need to do. And, and he's, he's kind of hung his players out to dry because of it, because of the strategy of, I'm not going to begin to adjust as the, as the league adjusts. And you made a point today that I thought was awesome. DK Metcalf's not worth two firsts and a third. Now, I'm with Ra- Gra- the Graz. I haven't written off Jamal Adams, but he wasn't worth two firsts and a third. Mm-hmm. Not in a million years was he worth that. Right. And I really feel like we might have had some players over this season that have been playing hurt and we just never find out about it yeah but at the same time this strategy that pete has been married to the last 10 years has really proven this year to be the detriment of the team yeah but again it worked for nine years i mean look at the fact of how many playoffs he went to two super bowls all those different things i agree with you i totally agree don't get sick of winning love that idea but how much better would they have been had he started making these adjustments uh hard to tell Hey, I, really but, but I, I'm, I'm going to run here because I'm going to go under the covers and uh, cough this all out. So uh, Thanks, John. Take hey, care Dan, of yourself. Dan, thank you, and thanks, everybody. We'll be here next week uh, from 8 to 11 on the John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle.